Hello and welcome to this all-new episode of Poetry Spoken Here. I am producer and technical director Jack Rossiter-Munley, and I just wanted to drop in really quickly and mention that Poetry Spoken Here is produced by Cardboard Box Productions Incorporated, a small digital production company that makes podcasts about poetry, literature, and cultural history. You can find out more about Poetry Spoken Here and all of the other Cardboard Box Production shows at CardboardBoxProductionsInc.com. If you go there, you can also sign up for our newsletter, which has all sorts of behind-the-scenes stuff and even more about all of the different guests who are featured on Poetry Spoken Here and the subjects covered in the other Cardboard Box Productions podcasts. On with the show. I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature today is a most interesting poet, Jessica Care Moore. She is... In addition to being a poet, a playwright, performance artist, and activist, she's the founder and CEO of More Black Press and founder of Black Women Rock, a concert series that's been going on for 15 years. In 2015, she got the NAACP Great Expectations Award, and she lives and writes in a historic section of Detroit with her son, King. So welcome aboard. I'm so glad we could fit this in your busy schedule with interviews for the book. Oh, good. I've been meeting so many interesting people along this uh, this this podcast tour. So I'm really excited to be here. And everyone's different, has different questions. So it's kept me it's kept me awake <laughs> and on my oh, that's toes. Good. That's good. I hope we get into new things for you because yeah. you should you should have a good time too. Yeah, I know I will. So the, her newest book, by the way, which is why, part of why she's here and on other. Uh, outlets is called We Want Our Bodies Back from Amistad Harper. And uh, I had the good fortune a couple of weeks ago to uh, attend a, a virtual reading, Black Words Matter from the New Federal Theater. Wow. And they deserve a shout out because you yes. should get on their mailing what list. A, they what a king. Yes. What they a king. do a lot of great programming and people should know about the New Federal Theater. Thank you. This reading included people like Haki Marbudi, Quincy Troop, Joseph Konyaka. So she was an extraordinary company. That's my teacher. And when, <laughs> when the publicist for the press call uh, contacted us, I looked at my notebook and there was her name. Really oh, I wonder which one you saw because I know they showed I saw both two. nights. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen the one. The one I cried oh. during Sonia Sanchez's poem. I don't know if I couldn't really quite get through the one vertical woman for Sonia Sanchez. Yes. So, yeah. Vertical Women is written in my notebook, too, yeah. <laughs> on the same page. So, you know, uh, as I said, you do so many things. I think about where to start. I'll hear something. It's a poem, and it might lead us into some things about you. I think the tribute poem to Gwendolyn Brooks, Oh yeah. it just really grabbed me. Yeah. And I don't know. I wonder if you'd read that, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit about uh, oh, good. You know, okay. Well, I have to actually have time to find it. Gwendolyn Brooks, of all the people like you talked about, with the new federal theater event, I've, I've had the opportunity to meet and read with, and, and I never got to meet Sister Gwendolyn Brooks, but uh, I've been reading her since I was a little girl, and um, and and love her um, um, dearly, and thank God for Hakeem Adabuti, who's one of my mentors at Third World Press, who helped keep um, her work alive. And so, for Gwendolyn Brooks, a crescendo of little girls affording themselves an imagination 
line up for the front line polka dot dresses, striped ankle socks, and black shoes. They watch the world from this place they've been told is the battlefield. They only know what their stomachs have told them, their hearts connected by a thread of courage men have yet to own. She is hungry for a language she won't want to turn into waste, a freedom that only a Gwendolyn Brooks can offer. These girls, classic back black oil, standing in their own mythology, armed with palms pressed into Sunday curls and pink nail polish and pink nail polish blues have not found their way to them. Sorrow is for the old. They have found poetry so fierce, can't be contained inside their bodies. No casket can bury capacity. So they laugh and giggle and smile. And sometimes they are quiet and mysterious as half a moon. A constellation of poems live inside their wombs, waiting to be born again. A ballad of wounded birds flying between their bones, assembled by a whistle, manufactured by a wish. Foremothers who gave their lives for craft, insisted their voice include their throats. Unrooted dark silk flower still growing from original rich diaspora soil. Brooks gave us all permission to blossom in the belly of unforgiving acts. She told us the light-eyed and the dark skin are the stars of our DNA. Our hearts a gold dug too deep and mixed gently with fire and blood. Brooks taught us flowers are not to be born, to simply mourn a death. They're an extension of the living. Their branches form, form from our mouths, the seeds of our thoughts, our actions. So live on, Gwendolyn Brooks, queen of 100 races around the sun, purple hyacinth buried inside your afroed quaff. We are grateful your typewriter located our perfume walking past your second floor apartment in Chicago. Your poems attached arms and legs and complexity to the rhythmic souls of our walk, our pool game, our death traps, our cool personified. Live on peculiar cactus in this dense desert of cement, right on among the angels, amongst the angels, Miss Brooks, we understand our pigtails and lace dresses, high stories as bombs, waiting to be discovered or explode depending on the weather or if granny cooked the greens just right. Gwendolyn Brooks gave us permission to return from the uncertainty of the front line, quickly pu push off our shiny black shoes, find the familiar grooves of a slanted oak wood shotgun house floor, rush to find a table, a piano top, a dinner napkin, take a moment to laugh and remember to always, always write. So thank you. I never read yes. that poem. I needed to. I needed to remind myself that I wrote that. You know, you write these books and these poems and then yeah. you write them and then you give them away. And you put them inside yeah. books and then you're moving on. Right. And into, yeah. into other spaces. I wrote most of this book probably in 2018 and, and some of 19, yeah. you know. And so um, but Gwendolyn Brooks is such an important figure. You know, and I wrote that on her hundred her hundred uh, her centennial birthday. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, so so often it seems you have poems and certain ones just, when you go to readings, it seems like that's a poem to read at a reading. Yeah, yeah. And, right. other, ones, and other ones just don't come up. I mean, yeah. guess that's what that is because yeah. that happens to me too all the, all the time. Yeah, so yeah, thank you just, for making me read it. <laughs> I need to remember that I have that poem to read. Oh, and, and she's so important. And, and, and along the way, you mentioned uh, that, you you know, Haki, you didn't meet her personally, but Hakimata Booty, you did, and he's like, he often says she's like she's like a mother to him, you know. My papa, yeah, but oh. he ain't my papa, and so uh, he wrote the forward. Haki wrote the forward to my third book, God Is Not an American. So uh, yeah, 
He's been very important for me. He actually just did my Instagram show. I have an Instagram show on Tuesday nights and Haki did it a couple of weeks ago. It was the most amazing thing. I've been bringing on poets and, um, and writers and, and people in the, in the politics and the movement um, and just different, amplifying different voices on, on my Instagram live show. Charlie, I never did Instagram live. I need you to know that. I'm not that cool. I never did Facebook live either. This pandemic has forced poets and writers and people who really enjoy people, but when they're home, like to kind of be home, to actually make people come in. Like this is my step and repeat is in my living room. You know, I, I never imagined such a thing, to be honest. Um, but Baba Haki did my podcast and it was just blew my mind back that he was there with his daughter, Laini, you know, helping him through the process. I was like, you're going to be able to get on this thing. And he's like, I, I got it. You know, I love him very much. He called me on my birthday this year. He always does. And he's been, he's been like Sonia Sanchez, like Amiri Baraka when he was alive, um, like um, Jane Cortez, you know, they, they, these people, man, been taking care of me, the last poets and um, Gil Scott Heron, when he was here, I did so many shows with Gil and, the album that I made um, in 2015, because I do, you know, I do a lot of music with poetry. I just, I believe this, there's a connection to poetry yeah. and sound, you know, like we talked about ML Liebler, you know, sure. he's been doing his band for a long time, you know, and, and some of us as poets, we just can't help ourselves, you know, just us. Sometimes your voice is not enough. Sometimes you need a horn. Sometimes I need a piano. I need a, I need a guitar player. I need a vocalist that can say this poem better than me, can sing it for me, right? And, um, and, and that's been my life, you know, really, uh, I think uh, Kalamu Yasalam told me when I was really young, you know, uh, and said, Jessica, I think your poetry, you're, you're in search of sound, not structure. And I think that's the truth, you know, whereas I know how to write structured poems and stanzas and things and form and that's fine, but I'm so much more interested in sound because sound, sound connects people to the energy of the poem. And so I don't know what the poem sounds like until I read it out loud. And then I get to share it with people and then they hear it and then they give me energy and then I get it back. It's like me reading the Gwendolyn Brooks poem for you. No one else is here. So it's for you, Charlotte. So whoever's listening, they get it too. But the, the exchange is, uh, has, is such an important one. So the, the pandemic for me has been very, very difficult for those reasons. I, I get uh, very sad about it. You know, because I miss, I, I miss people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I miss my community. I miss the connection. And what's kept me alive is uh, other artists and, and celebrating other artists and being able to like, bring people on my show. I just brought my friend Booker Snow, who's an a independent poet and an MC, just put a book out called Journey to Love. It's amazing. It's one of this beautiful book of love poems. I was like, yeah, I want to put, I want to talk about love. And, I wanna, and uh, Wordsworth is a, another poet that just put, he's actually a really incredible rapper that put out a book of poetry called No Beginning. So, I mean, I'd like to support people during this pandemic yeah. who are still attempting to connect, to say art matters. So God bless the poets and the DJs and the painters and the writers yeah. who are still, even through these digital mediums, trying to find connection to the human spirit, right? Because that's um, what, else, what else are we gonna do? Well, I, I like you do what you can. I mean, you can sit around and bemoan what you can't do or just look around and see what you can do and just do it, you know? That's right. And that's what you're doing. That's so cool. Yeah. Sometimes you need a horn. Sometimes That's a great line. It. Thank you. Come on. I'll just, <laughs> send, I'll just, send that. I'll just put it on my Facebook page as a quote yes, from, from nowhere. Oh, I'll attribute it to you, but you know, <laughs> just out of nowhere. Sometimes you need a horn. Speaking of music, yes. now this, I gotta, 
here I was uncool on this one. I did not know Betty Davis. Ah, okay. yes. Yeah. See, I was raised on that earlier rock and roll. So okay. funk never really grabbed me. My ear thinks the bass is overdone. But her yes. arrangements, it is not. No, it's I, not. I was, I was surprised. Oh, I just said, Davis. I want to see what it is. And, and her vocals actually oh, remind me of James ball. Brown. Come on, man. She oh, is okay. rock and roll, man. She rocks, she funk, she all of that. She blues, her growl, her that, oh my goodness. <laughs> Betty Davis. So for people who are listening who don't know, um, this is she's one of my muses. Um, if, if I could turn my computer around and show you, I have four framed uh, photographs that she gifted me at the August Wilson Center when we brought Black Women Rock to Pittsburgh to where she lives. She she's a recluse, so she doesn't come out much, right? Because this industry does a job on on women, especially black women who walk in their power. And Betty Davis was a force of nature in the seventies, right? This, I mean, Nona Hendrix, you know, this is before Nona, you know, before Patty, you know, before Grace, there was Betty. And Betty was married to Miles Davis. She was Betty, Betty Mabry, she married Miles. She kept the name, she divorced him quickly as she should have. But before she did that, she introduced Miles Davis to Jimi Hendrix. So she's really responsible for helping to create jazz fusion because she was a rocker. She was with Sly and the Family Stone and she's married to this jazz man and she unloosened his tie and she got him open and changed his music. And that's what women do. And so she's really an unsung hero. And there's, there's all these women that I had the honor and pleasure being a poet in New York with my rock and roll Detroit energy connecting with rock and musicians like Angelo Moore from Fishbone and Vernon Reed and Greg Tate and then seeing Tim Kali and Imani Azuri and all these black women composing rock orchestras around songs. And I was like, I don't know, who, who are these women? I wanted to do a mosh pit so bad. I wanted to jump into an audience. And uh, I'm you know, a big fan of Patti Smith. So I always like liking myself and compare myself to to Patti Smith, even though lots of people won't just because she's a white woman, but I know I'm Patti Smith all day. And so, and, uh, and you know, inspired by the beat poets and, and radical times of, uh, of the right of right now. But, you know, we've been talking about this stuff. We're the, we're the kids from the roaring nineties. I knew I was doing poems <laughs> with Talib Kweli and Common and, and um, uh, Most Deaf. And we were all on that edge of wanting to say something deeper. Yeah. And, um, and so I knew these, these incredible artists. And so that's why I started doing women rock still happening i mean it's, it's happening am i am i yeah, six is, is it a concert or it almost it's sounds a like a roll concert almost sounds like a conference almost Ooh, like a gathering concert. you know heck it's a, you know, it's a damn right. rock and roll concert excellent it's, it's live cat dyson's my musical director it is a throwdown super guitar sounds um, heavy heavy rock and roll concert and um some of my white guy friends who show up <laughs> afterwards they they said jessica i've been to the brother that runs the detroit institute of arts I met with him because he wanted to bring it to DIA. He said, I've been to a lot of rock and roll concerts. That one was one of the best I'd ever seen. Oh, it's absolutely a fast paced rock and roll concert. And it has to be. It's not, oh, we're, we rock or it's, we're talking about rock. It's, um, it's a concert. It's a concert, but mm -hmm. it's also a weekend. And do we have conversations? Yes. Yeah. So we have the concert. And then the next day, we always have a, a conversation about race and inclusion and rock and roll and, and, and changing the lens of rock and roll American music, which needs to change, which we need to talk about the black women rock pioneers. And so it's a historical, it's educational, but it's a rock concert. <laughs>
So yeah, I'm a poet in the middle of it, Charlie. I don't, I'm just happy to be uh -huh. there, but on cool rock and rock and, outfits. And, and this happens in Detroit, right? It I mean, happens annually in Detroit, but we've headlined the Apollo Theater. We've been in San Francisco, oh, yeah. the Yoba Buena Center for the Arts twice. Like we did it once yeah. in May. And then like, can you come back? And then of course we headlined the Pittsburgh Jazz Festival. And that's when Betty Davis, she doesn't come out and she knew we were coming and she really wanted to come and she wrestled with it. And um, her, the contact, they brought those, I cried. She brought those signed signed photographs, you know, to the show for me and get one to Nona Hendricks who was there. And that's that's the award, you know, you do the work. Yeah. And, and, and if, as long as Betty Davis knows that there are black women who know her, who read her, do her music, who celebrate her, her um, because we have similar lives. It's either people know who I am and they know who Sate is in, in um, Canada or they know Divinity Rocks and Nick West or they know Joy or they, they know Yazara, they know Jackie Vincent out of Austin or Deion Ferris for that matter, like any of them, Liza Kobe. I mean, these women are extraordinary. They're extraordinary, they're not normal. And um, I want them to be more normalized. You know, I want them to get radio play. Uh, but until we do, we amplify those voices. And, and that's been my role as a poet uh, and activist, you know, is to help amplify voices. So. All right, yeah. Uh, you love, you will love, love this content, Charlie. <laughs> and what you're doing, you know, po there are poets who write poetry and then there are poets who want to get it out there in the world, you know, oh, and then get the other voices uh, out yes. there in the world. And that's just so fabulous. By the Thank way, you. anybody listening who hasn't figured out in the 21st century, if you go to YouTube, you can at least hear Betty Davis. It was, it was short on videos. There was one video that I found uh, browsing through. But there's a lot of the recordings, of course, where you just, you know, see the album cover and they play the album. But anyway, you can hear it. The woman is outstanding. Come on. So yeah, there you yeah. go. Well, yeah. uh, back to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, another poem that stuck out for me. I'll just do this since the first one worked out so well. Uh, okay. I'm not ready to die. Oh, my goodness. I'm not ready to die today. On page 29. I open right, I open right to it. Fantastic. Page 29. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that you like know what to do. Why did you want to hear this one? I'm just curious. Is it the title or did just, you read? You know, when I read through, I read through the book, and then just as I read, when I hit that one, yeah, it popped out at me personally. I can't quite explain it at this stage. Yeah, this one, this is the one I'm naming those names. There we go. Oh, that this, might. I, I, I wrote this poem because someone called me and said there was some uh, uh, artist, a woman artist, on award show crawling on the ground in like during her performance, and I was like what? And I just think, you know, look, can we just stop doing that? And so I wrote this poem for that moment <laughs> called, I am not ready to die. I am not ready to die a little more today. My nails are polished, a bright aquamarine. My skin smells like the ocean. In my hair, I'm wearing the flowers he left on my doorstep. Tiger's eye and turquoise are wrapped around my wrist. Do I look like I'm attempting an early death? My headphones sound like Chardet. I wish these new girls would get the fuck off their knees and transform a room with some subtle power and grace. Chardet doesn't really dance, poet. And that is the point. When did it become okay to die in this country on our knees? The Walking Dead, a 24-hour day spa that they parade in groups. Hell, I need a massage too, but at what price? I got to stand behind mediocre bars just because the kids rock to it. I've yet to hear an MC destroy the alphabet more gangster than Intazaki, so I ain't ready to die today. Won't participate in the spirit massacre of our children. My throat is on fire. My pen is hot. Intazaki is dead. Intazaki will never die. 
I'm more alive in my 40s than most of these wannabe Euro inside out millennials. I've graduated from digital slavery masterclass. I read books without screens. I have sex with men my age or not, whenever I feel like it. I love my hair, my ass, my breasts. I'm clear my power is between my ears, inside my chest. Black girl magic doesn't grow between our legs. This is the mythology of men. How much to get off your knees, sis? This pen is a knife stabbing out the hearts of dead trees. These trees are already dead anyway. A walking dead urban forest. We are surrounded so I continue to climb to write because I ain't ready to die today or tomorrow. I'ma keep living inside poems you didn't know were left for you. If you would just get off the goddamn floor, you could see all these poems, all this royalty, all this world they attempt to kill you with is really your universe to inherit, to change, to rebuild. Get off your knees. Stop crawling for them. Stand up, Queen Latifah, Lauren, Missy Elliott, Left Eye, Bahamadia, Rod Digger, Roxanne, Rhapsody, Kate Valentine, Mama Soul, Microphones are not stripper poles, Sonia, Audrey, Maya, Indizaki, Jane, Lucille, Nikki, Nikki, Tony, Asha, Stacey Ann, Akira, Mahogany, Elizabeth, Liza, Michelle, and Daggy at Cello, me, us, we need you to stop dying, stop dying, stop dying to be less than who you are destined to be. We need you to outlive death in all its forms. Live, 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 so patriarchy can finally die. So, thank you. I love you. that poem. It just thank jumped you. out of me and it still does. Uh, it's such a great way to uh, express woman yeah. power. What do you want to say? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or just, oh, you know, um, or just getting young girls to actually know that they have it. You know, I, I learned very early yeah. in Detroit that I had um, the power to help save the men in my life, the young men that were around me, um, that my, I had influence. And so young girls do have that early. Um, the men that the men that are attracted to women or are moved to listen to women in some way. You know, if a fancy car isn't what you desire, then the fancy car is not going to be enough. So what, you know, so women and young girls, I try to tell them, you have a lot of power in what happens with young men's lives. And so I would say, no, you're not going to the drive-by shooting. You know, you want to be my girlfriend? You want me to be your girlfriend? Then I, you can't do that. I don't, I don't, I don't date men who go to drive-bys. I don't date men who sell drugs. Not anymore. Okay, maybe I've had some moments, but you know, <laughs> we mature and, and, uh, and we get better. And so those decisions on who we allow, what we allow around us really do influence what happens to young men. And so, um, so not to put all the, the, the work on us, but just know that we do have power and more. And it's definitely not in the places where people say it is. It's in our hearts and our chests. Yeah. 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 It's just wonderful. in our minds. Yeah, now, another thing that popped out at me from your book, yeah. you mentioned the uh, Ozzie Davis and Ruby D. Oh my goodness. And, uh, I think, and recently, maybe within the last couple of months, yeah. I, I promoted this on an earlier podcast. Saw this fantastic episode of an old TV show called Soul. Oh, I know about it. Yeah, TV yeah. TV and they did Bob Kaufman for an hour. I've seen and, it. And, whoa, talk about music and poetry together. <sighs> the way it should be done. Yeah. And I don't know. And then I forget what, what your relationship was with them, maybe. Both of them, admiration, yeah. or you know them? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, just curious. I, I, just I know, curious I about these connections, you know. I, I love the, the heritage, and I, it's been passed down to me. I, I'm so Ozzie Davis. I even wrote in my fourth book about the first reading I did with him at the Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem, and I was nervous as all hell because I was sitting next to Ozzy Davis, and we're doing slave narratives, and I, you know, Ozzy Davis's voice. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to read with him. He's gonna blow me out the stage. So. He knew he could, I was nervous. 
And so I went up and read my, read my narrative and sat back down next to him. And he literally elbowed me in the arm. He said, shh. And I don't know why I don't have a picture from this moment. He elbowed me in the arm and he said, you done good. And I, you know, I turned 12. <laughs> like literally I turned 12 years old. And I was like, thank you. That's Adi Davis just said, I done good. So I'm, my life is, <laughs> is perfect right now. And so, so that's how I met Ozzy. Ruby D, um, I did get to know better. And I, I did, um, I think my first reading with her at Pratt University, but we were uh, being booked together to do readings together. So I was really blessed to know Ruby in a, in a, in a deeper way. And the last memory I have of her, I put inside that poem um, for Ozzy, for Ruby. Um, because to me, they were like, and I, when I see a guy wants to date me, I always send them a picture of Ozzy Davis and Ruby D. I said, well, I want that. I want that. If I can't have that, then I don't want anything. So don't don't call me or text me unless you see that Ozzy Davis and the way that Ozzy Davis looks at Ruby D and how she looks up at him. I want that or nothing. So yeah, they're like my template for like what it's supposed to look like. And um, you know, I'm a poet, so I'm always trying to figure out love and and balance in my life. But um, Ruby, man, and the poem I talk about her at the Schomburg coming up to me and she's like, Jessica, you know, because uh, American Gangster had just come out. And she said, Jessica, um, I, I, I slapped Denzel Washington. You know, it wasn't in the script. She wanted me to know that, that she did that on her own. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew at that moment I needed to slap Denzel. And I was like, yes, Ruby. Um, so, yeah, and I wrote the poem after she passed. Of course, we lost Ozzy first and, um, and then Ruby later. And I was in New York um, celebrating Sonia Sanchez's 80th birthday when and the very next day was Ruby D's funeral uptown and everything in my soul couldn't do it. I just couldn't. I was also in the space of wanting to celebrate my mother, sister, Sonia Sanchez, and I was heartbroken over Ruby D. Mm-hmm. Too heartbroken to even show up for it in the way that I probably, I just would have been a mess. And so I decided to fall back and to write a poem later for her. All right. Well, if you'd like to read another poem that you just feel like reading. Oh. I, I want to read the one for Ozzy and Ruby, if that's okay. Sure. Because you made me think about them. And let's talk about them. Um, dear Ozzy, dear Ruby. I love how I'm wearing my glasses. I'm so grown up. <laughs> I kind of need them. I kind of don't. But I, it makes me feel like I'm a really a, a real grown up poet. Dear Ozzy, dear Ruby, do you still put roses in her hair? Do you still draw the clouds and fluff them for her head? Is the sun still sleeping in his eyes? Is heaven a place along his chest? Are you resting in a timeless embrace? Do you still make her laugh? Does it still matter? Do you hold her hands, diamonds, hidden inside palms from fingers? Is eternity inside his kiss? Do you tie his tie, adjust his chapeau? Do you dance in the morning? Do a Miriam, Maya, and Jane, and Gil, and Seku visit to drink grapes and share stories? Dear Ozzy, dear Ruby, some of us dare to be the exception, dare to be conductors of Black love. Do you still love to be still while the world travels at full speed? How glorious to watch our attempt to become the black doves you became. Do you still fly south for the winter, pick pecans and eat round sweet cherries on a long wooden porch? Dear Ozzy, thank you for your kind words in Harlem when I nervously shared that Abyssinian stage with you. Dear Ruby, thank you for your fearlessness and hard laugh in the lobby of the Schomburg. I slapped Denzel Washington in American Gangster. It wasn't in the script, you told me. I can hear your beautiful stutter, planned pauses land gracefully on your tongue, ego woman. 
the morning of your funeral. I spent the evening celebrating our sister Sonia Sanchez's 80th birthday. I watched her and Haki get in a car headed to Harlem. I was in so much pain from losing to Mary Baraka. I wasn't ready to bury another legend. Forgive me, dear Ruby, dear Ozzy. We know we are possible. We know we can be gazelles on a planet surrounded by wolves. Is his voice the sound of water? Is her smile the perfect moonlight? Do you remember when it was all a dream? Do you still love to get on your toes to reach his nose, kiss his neck? Is she still your Juliet in a Spike Lee joint? Is he still the mayor, mother, sister? Dear Ozzy, dear Ruby, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving each other. We marvel in your reflection. Thank you for your life work, for your voices and bodies as gifts. Now that you are true stars, do you know you were our greatest wish? Oh, I miss them. Yeah. I miss them. Yeah. Miss them. Yeah. Well, Jessica, this has been really great. I'm glad you could fit us into your schedule. <laughs> I am too. This is so awesome. And, awesome uh, talk to you. and I know that you're a poet, so you have I have to find yeah. your work as well. So, folks, you've been listening to Poetry Spoken here with our feature Jessica Care Moore, whose latest book is called We Want Our Bodies Back. I'm Charlie Rossiter, your host. You're listening to Poetry Spoken here and be with us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Awesome. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter-Mundley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetryspokenhere. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetryspokenhere. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com. 